All right, get your Bible up nice and high, your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you're rolling with. Repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as the teacher is teaching, hide them in the gift that I might experience revelation, impartation, destiny acceleration, and manifestation in my life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Let me give you the word to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just check me. Let me give you the word. Um, the Lord showed me earlier today that there are people in this room, possibly watching, that um, you really have been heavy on the inside. You've had this, don't lift hands, just receive. You, and I know you're in here. The Lord showed me. I could call somebody out. The Lord showed me. But you have this heaviness that you can't shake. Heads are bowed real quick. Heads are bowed. Heads are bowed. If that's you, wave at me. Wave at me, wave at me. Okay, all right, a lot of, all right, heads up, put your hand down. And the Lord was dealing with me, and it started with this weighted blanket. He showed me, I have a weighted blanket in one of our rooms, and when I picked it up, um, the Lord said there are people that feel weighted like this blanket, like a heaviness. You feel stuck. You feel stuck, and you, it's just on you like a blanket, and uh, you're trying to shake it, but you can't. And the Lord said, tell the people if they will just intensify their worship. If in your time, you will intensify your worship. He literally gave me a vision of the weighted blanket falling apart like it was deteriorating. And if you will just, in your personal time, you're not going to feel like doing it. If you will lift your hands and just worship your Father, that weight that's on you, that's been on you for quite a while, will begin to lift off and it will never come back on you. Okay, it'll never come back, all right? So, now how many know? Yeah, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Please hear me. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you or you don't need me to go, yay, 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 the Lord said. Because I, I prophesy, but I don't, I don't go, yay, yay, yay. Oh, I don't, I just, this is what the Lord showed me, you receive it or not. Amen, got it? So you need to do that today because the moment you begin to intensify your worship, that, that heaviness is going to begin to come off of you. Amen? All right, Romans chapter 7. Make your way there. Online, if that was for you, receive it, please. Romans 7, verse 18. I need y'all to keep Christian and Jovi in prayer. They are on a plane headed to Florida for their honeymoon. Amen. They're going to jump on a cruise ship on this weekend. And so, and I need y'all to keep us in prayer. We're flying tomorrow. We'll be back Saturday. We're flying down to hang out with them and go watch Jordan perform down Main Street in Disney on Friday. So would y'all keep us in prayer as we travel? And then uh, we'll be back Saturday and be in church on Sunday. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. If I wasn't going to be here Sunday, I wouldn't tell y'all because y'all won't come in Jesus' name. And that's a shame because anybody that teaches here can teach phenomenal. That would be Romans 7, Starting at verse 18, New Living Translation, and I know that nothing good lives in me that's in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul's talking here. He says, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm really not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's this other power within me that's at war within my mind. You need to catch that because you can love God and still struggle. You can know you can love God, man, and just keep falling. And am I talking to the right people? 
Religion makes you think you're never going to mess up. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You can love God and be crying because what you, what you just can't seem to get out of, you keep doing it again and again. You do it and you repent. You do it and you repent. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I know. It's not a matter of I just love God. Your human side is along for the ride goes on to say, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. And so Paul says, man, there's, there's this war going on on the inside of me that I discover there's this battle of between doing right and doing wrong. And even though I know to do right, I do wrong because you can know the word, but you still don't do the word. And Paul, we're going to hit something tonight. And Paul says, I, I recognize this war in my mind. Notice where he identifies the war is in my mind. And he said, I'm fighting this whole thing about not sabotaging myself. And this is the whole thing on this series of me versus me. It's about doing what you need to do to stop sabotaging your life. And probably in the second week of October, we're going to start dealing with this self-actualization where you, gotta, you, you, start, you start analyzing yourself and start going, where do I need to change to be the best version of me? Yes. Because until you're focused on being the best version of you, you'll never be the best version of you. Amen. Now, I gave you a definition on sabotage. I want to take you back to that for a second. Self-sabotage is the self-destructive decision-making process where a person is being influenced by their flesh to make choices that are against their own best interests and well-being. And the key whole key word there is flesh, their flesh. Somebody shout their flesh. And we found out in a couple lessons ago that flesh is not your skin, flesh is your thinking. Flesh is a way, we found out from Romans 8, is a way of thinking that, that goes against God and his word. Walking in the spirit, same scripture, is a way of thinking that lines up with God and his word. The way you turn around and go from walking in the flesh to walking in the spirit is you got to renew your mind. Romans 12, we looked at that, that you got to renew your mind because when you get saved, your spirit's renewed, but your thinking is not. Amen. Which is why you can get saved on a Sunday morning and you were a cusser. Cussing don't go away just because you made Jesus your savior. Afternoon, man, you, I mean, some people, man, you don't, you, you haven't cussed till you stub your toe. <laughs> and so you, you got to understand the, the f first thing you got to be aware of when you get born again is where do I need to change my thinking? And you got to go to work on changing your thinking, which means you got to change who you're around. You got to change what you're exposed to. You got to change the word has the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word has to be, be top priority. Too many people, man, they get saved and they want to focus on shouting, shouting, dancing, and running. And that is why the majority of people in church are not victorious because they come to interact with the preacher, they come to dance, shout, and run, but they never take time to renew their mind, renew their mind in the Word. And this is a lost art. One of the ways you do this, I, I wish I had said this before, is scripture memorization. Listen, from when I was 21, I still have the stack of index cards in my office drawer that I started with one, and it's a big stack, and I would just take a scripture and review it, and review it, and review it, 
and review it and review it and review it and then when I could spit it back out then I would analyze what does it mean to me what is it saying how does it apply to me where do I need to change so I was it's not just about scripture memorization yep this is good it's scripture memorization with revelation of application in my life and as you now know the word and you're applying, oh, I've never said this before. As you know the word and you're applying the word, you become the word. That's good. That just was downloaded. That's good. You want, tap me neighbor, go, that was good. That was good. No, you, you, become, you become the word. You become, what Jesus said it. He said, Father, I pray that they become one the way you and I are become one. When you know the word, when you know the word and you're applying the word, that's when transformation begins to happen. So hear me, you can come to church and listen to me for the next five years, you will not transform. You might get little inklings, but it's not until you take the word and work the word and apply the word and know the word. Now, someone knowing the word, and you can attest to this, you ever been in a situation, ministering to somebody, talking to somebody, and word comes out of you that you didn't know you knew? Yeah. Comes out. Because the Holy Spirit will work with your spirit, but watch that. He, he's doing that for somebody else, but you got to understand change comes as you come here hungry. That's why you got to, you can't come here playing. You ain't got time to talk with people. You ain't got time to be on your phone. You got to come get this word, man, and you got no excuse because this church is about application, 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 and as you change your thinking, it's not that you no longer struggle. You struggle less with old things. You start struggling with new things. Got it? Got it, got it. So changing your thinking is very important because we talked about last Sunday that you have to be able to identify defining moments in your life and how the choices you make positively or negatively impact those defining moments. All of us in this room, starting with me, have defining moments that you missed or blew. Now, the cool thing is on Sunday, we're going to start talking about how to recover from sabotaging moments. We're going, to, we're going to start dealing with that. But all of us have missed defining moments. But the thing is, you can't keep missing them. You got to be able to identify a choice that's in front of you and understand the defining moment of that choice and how that can help you propel towards your destiny or away from your destiny. Not all good things can I get involved in. Something can be good for you, but it's not God's will for you, and you got to learn how to say no. You got to, are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, here's where I want us to go tonight. I want us to deal with four decisions that are critical in the defining moment. Four decisions that are critical in the defining moment. Number one, let's do some work. Number one, the salvation choice salvation choice and I have up on the screen choosing to make Jesus the Lord of your life now hear me I'm, I'm not when I say salvation choice I'm not just talking about salvation I'm talking about Lord that's why I said choosing to make him Lord the day you got born again you got saved he became Savior but he's not Lord he's Lord when you make a decision to make him Lord which means I give up the right to do what I want to do. 
I give up a right to start to be the deciding factor in my life. I let him. Some people go, I just don't think, I don't think God, they come to church and get saved, but I don't think you should have a right to tell me what to do. You don't have revelation. You haven't made him Lord. He's Savior, but not Lord. And here's the problem with that. When you reject the Lordship factor, tell your neighbor, stay awake. This is for you. When you reject the lordship factor, there are consequences that are long-lasting and life-changing. <laughs> oh, God. Because without him being lord, listen to me, you forfeit the benefit of partnering with him in the earth because he wants to partner with you and flow in you and through you. You miss the benefit of that and you also miss the opportunity to experience true fulfillment. Amen. Because you will never be fulfilled until you're fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. You, a car will not fulfill you, the newness wears off. A house will not fulfill you, the newness wears off. The problem with some people, you hooked up with a person thinking that they would fulfill you. If I could just get married, my husband, my wife would fulfill me and a person can never fulfill you. They don't have it in them to fulfill you. They, they, they can barely fulfill themselves. You gotta understand the only thing that will fulfill you is when you are fulfilling the will of God for your life. And here's the problem with some of you, I'm working too hard. The problem with some of you, I'm gonna use this chair for a second. Here's the problem with some of you. Watch, this is you. Now how many know this is a perversion of purpose for this chair? This is a perversion, this is not what this chair was purposed to do. So therefore this chair, and while it is you know, upside down, is not fulfilling its purpose, this chair was not purposed to do this. But some of you, your life is upside down because you are operating in a way that God has not purposed you to operate. I'm talking to y'all. And you will never have fulfillment till you understand that you were designed to do a certain thing. And when you will do that thing, you will be fulfilled. But some of you, the problem is you are letting people make you think that you shouldn't be the way you are, that you shouldn't have the personality you have. God made you a certain way to go with your purpose and you got to stop letting people talk you out of it because here you are you trying to walk in your purpose and some jealous person is trying to get you to do this and you're unfulfilled and they're happy because watch listen your pursuit of purpose magnifies their willingness to not do nothing are you listening to me are you listening to me? And so it's the salvation choice where you make him Lord and you start going after your purpose. Here's the second thing, serving choice. This is critical. This decision to serve is critical in the defining moment. Now, y'all were cheering a minute ago. I'm gonna see if you still cheer right now. Look at what's up there, get that. Choosing whether or not you're going to be involved in the partnership relationship God wants you to have, have with you in the earth through being a blessing to others. God, I need you to get this. This serving choice, the choice to serve is a defining moment because it plays such a vital part in you discovering your purpose. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, no, hear me. People make the mistake of thinking they come to a church like this and they go, I'm just going to sit and get the word. I'm just going, Bishop is such a great teacher, I'm just going to sit and get the word. Hear me, you were not sent here 
to just get the word. You were sent here to serve. You were sent here to get involved. You weren't sent here just to hear the word. You were sent here to get involved with the vision of this church because as you get involved using your gifts and your talents and abilities, you discover you. People just want us, they just want to come to church, hear the word, and go out the door, and you're doing a disservice to you. Let me say this. Please hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. You not serving hurts you more than it hurts us. Y'all kind of quiet on this one now. Because watch, you don't want to do it, God will send somebody else. Ooh, I'm going to say what I'm, what I'm hearing. I'm going to say what I'm hearing. If you won't fulfill your purpose, you just, I'm just, I just don't want to do it, and I, I just don't want to be inconvenienced, and you, watch, God will raise up somebody else to do what you were called to do and keep you alive to see it. That's what happened with Saul. Saul was supposed to be king. He was king. He tripped out. God snatched the kingdom from him and gave it to David. Please hear me. Serving, when you make a choice to serve, you're making a choice to discover me, to discover my purpose. Now watch, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. A lot of people go, hey, I, and I need you to get this. I need you to get this, and I got to make, hopefully you get it the way my heart has it. Well, you served in your old church. You served. I did that. I served as a, in Apostle Hardy's words, an usher. <laughs> I served as an usher, a greeter. I was in ministry. I was this and that. Hear me. I've been in church just about all my life. Not all. What did I just say? Not all, but many churches, the motive for that church operating is off. Not all, but many churches, the motive is off because from the pastor down, it's all about the person. It's all about the pastor being elevated. It's about, it's about the pastor being put on a pedestal and then all the leaders take that mentality as well. I'm a, I'm a deacon, how dare you talk to me that way? I'm a minister of the gospel. Don't call me by my name. Don't call me John. My name is Minister John and I'm offended that you don't call me by my title and the, the church is full of mean, nasty people so it's off from the door and God will take you and put you in an environment like this where from the top down, the motive is not about the pastor. It's about the people becoming all that God has called them to be. The pastor don't care what people think. The pastor is not worried about whether, you know, you call me pastor or bishop. Some people go, pastor, I'm sorry, bishop. I'm like, I'm still your pastor. You know, none of our, none of our leaders care about their title. God, because, why, ooh, I heard something. As long as you care about your title, you can never walk in destiny. Because in order to walk in your true destiny, you got to give yourself away. Yeah. Amen. So God brings you here to show you a different perspective, a different way of serving to discover your purpose for one reason. Not for anybody to know your name, but for God to be glorified. Yeah. Yeah. Amen and amen. Are y'all listening to me? So number one, this was salvation choice. Number two, this the serving choice. Number three, I need you to get this, there's the success choice. Success choice. This is a critical choice. And I have, after getting saved, still choosing not to live a successful, abundant life that Jesus died to give you. Oh, God. In other words, you allow ignorant other people 
to cause you to think that you're supposed to struggle and barely get by. <laughs> no, no. It's amazing the number of people that think being born again means I'm to struggle and barely get by. Being born again means I can't do anything. I can't go on vacation. I, can't, I can barely pay my bills. I'm to struggle and can barely get by. There's a whole bunch of people that think that they're fine with a rapper making money. They're fine with an NFL player, an athlete. But let a Christian believer with a business start prospering. They, they, they turn around and they, they get upset. You know, let a pastor start prospering. God is blessing them. Hear me, hear me. After 23 years at this church, if I'm not prospering, why would you listen to me? Why would you, why would you listen to me? Are you, I mean, if the word's not working, then maybe you need to sit down and let somebody teach you. Because please hear me, I'm going to show you in the Bible, it is not God's will for you to barely get by. Now, there can be some things I do, which I'm jumping ahead, that can bring stuff on me. You can go in debt and now you are so in debt and it's because of decisions you made. So you're barely getting by because you're reaping what you've sown. You don't budget. You, don't, you just want to eat out all the times, and you want to go to Macy's, and you want to do this, and you just want to live by credit card. Well, God said I'm called to abundantly prosper, but no, he didn't call you into debt. So come on, don't go, don't go well, well, I'm, I've been struggling. Yeah, but you got to analyze your life. What choices are you? So watch, and I know you might not believe this. Years ago, I said what? Years ago, we declared bankruptcy. Well, y'all quiet on it. Some of you are like, he lying. No, 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 no. People didn't know. No. We declared bankruptcy. We declared bankruptcy. Watch, and it had nothing to do with the devil. It had everything to do with John Wesley Edmondson Jr. Nothing to do with Pastor Aisha. I was, I was using her credit cards behind her back. Don't stick your nose up at me. You've done stuff. Some of you are like, you've done stuff. God just don't have you up here telling your business. No, man. She had an American Express card. Man, I, I turned around and made a decision to let. I was trying to help out a nonprofit organization. They ran up $80,000 and couldn't pay the bill. Couldn't pay the bill. They could use it, but they couldn't pay for it. And I, I was committed, man. I'm trying to expand the kingdom of God. God didn't tell me to do that. And now we're bankrupt. We were going to lose our house. We're, we're in bankruptcy. That wasn't the devil, that was me. Now, watch, watch. Some of you don't believe it. You're still like, I don't know if he's child new. Watch, that's cool. Because when you learn and you're willing to do things right, God will rewrite your resume. You won't look like where you've come from. It's not God's will for you to barely get by. Now, I have to be content in a season I'm in. When I was in bankruptcy, man, I was still giving God praise. When I was in bankruptcy, I was still living right. When I was in bankruptcy, I was talking the word of God because you don't allow your present situation to dictate your declaration. That's for somebody. You don't let your present allow your, to dictate your declaration. I could be dead broke right now, but I declare all of my needs are met in Jesus' name. I can have sickness attacking my body. I declare I'm the healed, healthy, whole child of God resisting all sickness and disease. 
It's not God's will. Go to Romans 8 real quick. Romans 8. Ooh, I got to hurry up real quick. Romans 8, verse 32. I want you all to see this. It'll come up on the screen because you take too long turning. It says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God, if God bankrupt heaven for me and gave me Jesus, he'll give me anything on this planet. 3 John 1, go there real quick, 3 John 1. 3 John 1, it says this, 3 John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. No, 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 God says I want you to prosper, but it's all tied to your mind. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, it's tied to your mind. It's how you think. If you think poverty, that's what you're going to be. If you think prosperity, that's what you're going to be. And hear me, hear me. And I taught this years ago. People don't understand millionaire status in the kingdom is different than world millionaire status. Kingdom millionaire says I can take care of all my responsibilities, have enough left over to put something aside and still be a blessing to other people. Amen. It's all about how you think. Tell your neighbor, change how you think. Change how you think. Change how you think. Here's the thing. Some of you in this room, you don't, you're not sold out for kingdom principles. Now, how do I know? Because I used to be like that. It takes one to know one. You come to church, but you're not sold out for, I can tell by some of your Facebook pages. I can tell by your Instagram pages. I can tell by how you talk. You're not sold out. You love God. Paul said you love God, but you're not sold out for kingdom principles. Bring up my definition about kingdom success. Bring that up, please. I need you to get this. Get what's on the screen. Kingdom success is a choice where you embrace kingdom principles that are found in the word, which causes God to get involved and empowers you to succeed. You got to change your thinking because you got to embrace kingdom principles. You got to embrace them like you know if you don't, if you ever hold your breath, you ever hold your breath swimming or something, and you, how many know, you know, you ever try to go further than you can, you feel like your lungs are going to bust, bust, and you know I got to get that last breath of air, and you do whatever you can. You got to have the word like that. You got to know this word works. Everybody look at me. This word works. No, look at me. This idea, this word works. Look at me, this word works. What did I say this side? This word works. Now say it for the people on the screen, go. This word works. What does this word do? Work. It works, but it doesn't work if you don't work the word. And you can't, you can't simply say it. You gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. You can say it all you want if you don't believe it. It's just words coming out your mouth. It doesn't work because you say it. It works because you believe it and you say what you believe. But people that don't believe the word many times don't say the word out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. They say other stuff. I can tell what you believe by what you consistently say. There are principles, man, that bring kingdom success. There are principles that bring kingdom success. Let me give you rapid fire. They're not going to come up on the screen. The principle of prayer. Principle of prayer. What is prayer victory? No, that's faith. What is prayer victory? Declaring the word of God. Men ought to 
always pray and not faint. Prayer is not worship. Prayer, people, I want to go in my prayer closet and they're, they're worshiping. Prayer is declaring the word of God. And when you declare the word and believe the word you declare, you shall have what you say. That's what the Bible says. It's a principle. It's a principle in the Bible that works. Well, I'm never going to make it. You're true. You're never going to make it. It's always going to be like this. You're absolutely right. For you, it's always going to be like this. I'm never coming out. You are 100% right for you. But as for me and my house, I declare the word because the principle of prayer works. That's why he said men ought to always pray. Always declare the word. Your feelings, your opinions can't change your life. How many know your situation may not change, but the word will change your situation? Okay, here's the next one, the principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. And let's take money off the table for a second. The principle of sowing, whatever you sow, you reap. Take money off the table right now. We're not talking, it's money, we could go right there. But if you sow nastiness, that's what you reap. If you sow negativity, that's what you reap. If you sow being jacked up to people, that's what you reap. Believers don't understand. The Bible works. You reap what you sow, and if you are sowing the kingdom of God, if you're sowing the principles of God, if you are sowing this word, it will flourish in your life. He never promised you wouldn't go through stuff. So we'll, be, we're, we'll stand on the word till we get a negative doctor's report. We stand on the word till cancer hits our body and we think cancer is bigger than God. We stand on the word until it doesn't work the way we thought. We stand on the word until we don't have our job. When those things hit, that's when you should stand on the word because he said, he didn't say, I won't let you go through stuff. He said, I'll be with you always. I'll be with you in it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you and if you will stick to the word, it will flip around. Then there's the principle of meditation. Real quick, I, there's the principle of meditation. So no, Joshua 1 reveals this. Meditating on this word plays a major part in your kingdom success. Meditating, most of you, let me, a lot of you in this room, you don't do this principle. Because meditation is you sit somewhere quietly, undisturbed, and you take a scripture and you ponder it, and you ponder it, and you ponder it, and you'll be amazed as what the Holy Spirit begins to show you. You hearing me preach is not meditating, that's your hearing. Watch, oh, I'm hearing something right now. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, but faith needs something on the inside of you to work with. And watch, meditation is a powerful thing because when you meditate on the word, God begins to write things on the canvas of your imagination. And when something is written on the canvas of your imagination, it becomes real to you at that point. Even if it is in your future, it's real to you now. So you start acting as if it's so now. And what you're acting like, talking like, believing like is what comes to pass. Meditation causes things that aren't real now to be real now now so your faith manifests them now. Did y'all catch that? Y'all know I got that with Pastor Aisha, man. I wanted her so bad. She was my dream girl. There was a problem though, she didn't want me. I didn't blame her, I didn't want me either. 
And everybody around me was telling me I couldn't have her. Everybody around me. Everybody. She's, she is on another level. She's not on your level. And they were right. She wasn't. I wasn't on her level. They were right. But watch. Meditate. See, stop worrying about, I need to get up here. That's a mistake. Meditation will make where you need to be real on the inside. Well, can y'all handle this? Come on. No, no, no. It'll, and I, man, I began to, I got a picture of her and I put it on my mirror and every day I looked at it multiple times and I began to envision her with me. I would see us holding hands and I would see us walking around and I mean, I mean every, every day. I remember one day she's walking with her boyfriend and she, you know, and her and I become friends and I wasn't trying to disrespect him, but you know, she didn't know he was, she didn't, he didn't know she was friends with me and, and I remember I'm walking past them after school, man, and um, she walks by and she can't say anything to me and man, I'm feeling some type of way and as they walked past it was like a movie and I remember I looked the man I'm like tears coming down my eye no I'm serious this is a true story and I remember I went home and watched in that moment I could have caved in in that moment I could have said maybe they're right the problem with some of you you keep listening to what everybody else is saying you let everybody else talk you down and talk you out I wasn't caring what they said I went home I was looking at the picture and I was looking and I was meditating I was meditating and people were laughing but guess what after a while they weren't laughing no more and now, everywhere we go, all those that laugh, they got to constantly be reminded that what they said I couldn't have, I go to bed with every night. What they said I couldn't have. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, the question is, do you want it bad enough? Do, do you, you, some of you don't want it because you know when you want something, let me say it another way, I heard the Holy Ghost, you got to get fed up. No, 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 no. Some of you know, you ever have it with your kids? You know, you ever, you tell your kids, stop, stop. Stop. Then one day you go, that's it? How many know everybody in the house knows something has changed? You got to go home tonight and open up your door and go, that's it? I'm going after God's best. Uh, you got to let all of hell know something has changed in me. All right, let me give you the last one real quick because we're, we're done now. I, I, I should have ended there because that was a high note. Let me just give you this though. I should have ended there. That's preacher stuff. I should have just ended there, man. Here's the fourth choice that's important because I love you enough. It's not about ending on a high note. It's about you getting this. Here's the fourth choice that's very, very important in the defining moment, and that's sin choices. Sin choice. Everybody say sin choice. Get what's on the screen. This is so important. I need you to get it. Choosing sin through the weakness of your flesh in a moment of temptation and derailing the plan of God resulting in consequences that only his grace and mercy can help you through. Now, can, let me pastor you real quick, okay? And let me pastor you on this. And I, everybody in here starting with me can relate to this. You ever do something sinful and after you do it, nothing happens? Y'all quiet on that. No, who know what I'm talking about? I got my hand raised. No, you ever have the Holy Spirit tell you not to do something or you do something, man, you do something in your flesh, you do, you do something in your flesh or whatever, and after you do it, no sky cracks, no thunder, no voice of God, and watch, now this, some of y'all may not handle this, I'm still anointed. No, no, I'm still gifted. 
Y'all can't handle this. Come on. Come on. This is real talk. Tap your neighbor on your side. Go, this is real talk. This is real talk. No, religion won't talk to us. Religion makes you think everybody's fine. Nobody makes mistakes. I know what it's like, man. God told me don't do something. I'm talking about in my flesh, some fleshy thing. And I do it and watch. Nothing happens in the moment. And if you're not careful, you can be duped to think there's no consequences to your action. <laughs> we should have ended on the high note. So, no, watch. Yeah, come on, this is important. This is pastoring. This is pastoring. Because watch, that other stuff was preaching. This is pastoring. Because watch, the false teaching about grace is people think grace, I'm under grace, exempts me from consequences. And it does not. Grace does not exempt you from consequences. Grace will help you in the consequence, but grace will not exempt the consequence. There are consequences to everything. And watch, watch, God has mercy, but God will not withhold the consequence because he loves you who he loves he chastens he loves you enough because the consequences will help you learn and hear me when consequences come you can't rebuke the devil because it wasn't the devil it was self-sabotage because come on y'all drove too far i'm gonna take another few minutes no no are y'all listening who needs to hear this part no you think you get a, you get away with nothing you get away with nothing there are consequences now old testament Old Testament, God opened up the ground and swallowed people. Old Testament, God says, I'm pulling my presence away from you. That's why David, his, his, his cry was, God, whatever you do, beat me, drag me through the mud, but don't take your presence away from me. Under old, old Testament, he would have killed me. What? Thank God I wasn't born in Matthew, but I wasn't born in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, because no, no, he would have killed me. So, don't laugh at me. You wouldn't have got out of Genesis. Don't, come on. Watch. Grace, his mercy is sufficient. Grace, he withholds in the season, dispensation of grace, his mercy withholds what I deserve being swallowed up and go to hell and watch gives me what I don't deserve. He gives me a second chance. He gives me another opportunity, but he does not take the consequence away. Don't think of something hasn't happened yet, that something's not on the radar, and when it shows up, you got to eat it. I need y'all to pray for me because my life is falling apart. Well, what, what? Did you play any part? Is there any self-sabotage? Because watch, I got to close. Here, watch. Here's the goal of sin. The enemy tempting you for sin actions. Here's the goal. The goal is for you to participate in the sin action. Tell your neighbor, it matters where you go to church. It matters. The, the goal is not for you to do it one time. It's for you to do it again. And again, and again, watch. And the enemy will sit by and watch you cry and go, God, I'll never do this again. And then he baits you the same way because until you change what's being used to bait you, you are open bait. 
And what the enemy is after is you participating to the point that you think God is comfortable with you in it. Because now, if you think God is comfortable with you in it, it means you've made it your state. And when it's your state, this is a dangerous thing, because when it's your state, if you don't get out of it quickly, your consciousness becomes seared, where you no longer think it's wrong. You think it's okay. Are you, this is real talk. Man, with Pastor Ash and I, my father, my stepfather was the biggest drug dealer and drug user on the planet. I mean, people would roll up in guns in our house, pull up next to us, car, be at a stoplight. People would roll up next to us and put guns at us. They should have died. My, my father was trying to train me. Watch, I've never done drugs in my life, but I know how to roll it, slice it, I know how to disperse it, because I watched him do it. Never did that, but relations was my thing. Y'all got it? I'm trying to, because I, there's relations. That was, that was my thing. And with Pastor Aisha and I, watch, it was active relations before we got married. And I remember, I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. And y'all quiet. Come on, you got stuff in your closet too. Come on. I love you enough to be transparent with you. And the church is laying hands on me. I'm going to the altar, pray. They're, come out of him. And I'm like, come out of me. Come out of him. I'm rolling on the floor. Come out. Come out. I lay it, putting oil on me, whatever. Because I wanted to be free. I wanted to be free, man. I, I was like, I want to be. I want to be free. And, to, and But I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. And nothing's working. I'm coming to the altars. I'm snotting and I'm crying. And then watch. I'm going back out that day and doing it again. And I remember, man, I got to a place where I thought, well, maybe this is just how I am. And I remember I heard God on the inside go, uh-uh. But then watch, I'm like, I can't change, God. I've tried, I've tried, you say, I've tried, I've tried. I've come to the altar, people have prayed for me, cast stuff out of me, I tried. And I remember God said, this is gonna help somebody. You never asked me what to do. He never asked me. You know what he said? Watch. Real simplistic. Change your environment. Because with Pastor Aisha, I'm like, I can't help it. I can't help it. I could say she was trying to pull me down. I could say that. But watch. No, 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 no. Watch. You can't blame somebody else as individual. And because I would be around her by myself in places I shouldn't be. I would be by myself, man, on campus in her dorm. She had a room by herself. Her parents had a boat, and every weekend they would be down at the shore, and I would be there and spend the night lying to my mama. She's not here tonight. Nobody tell her this. Lying to my mama, all this stuff. I'm going to spend the night at a friend's house. You know, we didn't have internet. We have all that stuff, you know, and all that stuff. Huh? She watching? Mama, disregard that. And so, watch, all this stuff. No, my mama, she knew. My mama was a praying woman. Watch. See, bad when your mama's not here. If she was here, I wouldn't be telling the story. And so, and watch, watch. I remember we both made a decision. That's enough. Remember, and watch, and all of a sudden changed my environment. I stopped being with her by herself in private places. I was no longer at her house. I was no longer, watch, there was a lot of cold showers, all types of stuff, but watch, I went from what I couldn't do to all of a sudden, two years until we got married. 
became victorious because I changed my environment. And hear me, it's no secret what God can do, what he does for others. I'm out of time. We got to stop, y'all, out of time. <laughs> Amen. Now, I know we're supposed to be done in an hour, but how many of y'all drove a good long way? So I just, all right, all right. Now, if we had children's ministry tonight, I'd be in trouble with Christina, but we don't. So amen. All right, heads about quickly before we go. As your head is bowed, did this help somebody tonight? This, all right. Sunday, 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 we're going to deal with how to recover from sabotaging moments, that if you're in this room or you're watching and you've sabotaged your life, we're going to start showing you how to recover because I'm living testimony. You can recover from self-sabotage moments. Heads are bowed. If you're in this room and you're not born again, man, would you consider giving your heart to the Lord? Please hear me. God loves you more than you would ever know. He doesn't care where you are. He doesn't care what messed up stuff you've done. He doesn't care. It does not affect his willingness to embrace you as his son or his daughter. He loves you and I so much. He sent Jesus to die for you and me. In spite of him knowing he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing. He's all he knew all the mess you'd have right now, and in, this is before you were ever born, and he still sent Jesus to die for you because he loves you that much. And so if you're in this room and you're not saved, but you want to be, or maybe you're a backslider, man, you were living for God, but somewhere, somehow you got off track, you got derailed, got hurt by somebody someplace somewhere and you walked away from God and you've been you're in church but you've been away from God well many people don't know the way you leave is the way you come back you chose to leave you just choose to come back it's that easy and God receives you back and you may say yeah but you don't know all the stuff I've done all the mess I've done well I don't know your mess but I know mine and I've been in church just about all my life and I've never met anybody to out sin me ever I might have met my match a couple times, but everything I did, I knew it was wrong, and I was trying to get around God's system. And I messed up again and again and again. Told God, get me out of this, I'll serve you. He did, and I'd go back and do my old stuff. My point is, if God took me back, he'll take anybody back. So I'm going to pray a prayer for anybody in this room online that says, I want to get saved tonight. I want to rededicate my life tonight. And maybe me sharing my testimony has helped liberate you, give you a sense of freedom that there's hope for you. And so if you're in this room as every head is bowed, you're online, man, and you want to give your heart to the Lord tonight, you want to be included in this simple prayer, I'm going to pray from your seat. We're going to pray right from your seat. Bishop, you're going to pray that prayer, include me because I want to get saved. You're going to pray that prayer, include me because I want to rededicate my life. If that's you and you want to be included in this prayer tonight from your seat, hold your hand up right now. Hold your hand up high. I'll see, it. I'll see your hand going up. Excellent decision. Very good. I see your hand going up. Excellent decision. Keep your head bowed for a second. There are, there are several people, at least three or four, the Lord is telling me that you need to rededicate your life. You're away from God right now. You need, and I don't do this all the time unless it's just God tells me to in the moment. You're away from God. You know you are. I don't even have to convince you. You know I'm talking to you right now. And matter of fact, to help you know, when we did the altar call, you were just kind of in the moment and you were glad when I said, raise your hand. You were like, okay, it's over. No, no, no. Nobody's going to make you here, but... You're here and you're away from God and you're just, man, like I'm messed up and all that stuff. I'm telling you God loves you. Nobody's going to make you in this moment, but if that confirms with you and you do want to be included in this prayer to rededicate your life because you're not living for God, you know you should and you're not.
you're not even trying, you're just away from God. And you're like, okay, tonight was special and I wanna, I wanna try to make a fresh start. So if you didn't lift your hand, but that resonates and you wanna be included in this prayer, go ahead and hold your hand up right now too. I'll see it, God will see it. Hold your hand up high, I see your hand, I see your hand. That's awesome, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, we're gonna pray a prayer and so if you lifted your hand, man, I want you to repeat after us. Who's us? Me and the rest of this church family. We're gonna say the same prayer that you're saying because we don't want you to be by yourself. We want you to know we're with you in this moment. Online, if that's you, man, put something in the chat and go, I wanna give my heart to the Lord, rededicate, and more importantly, you say the prayer there, you say there what we're saying here. Repeat after me, say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, shedding your blood for me, going to hell for me, and rising again, all for me. This day of my own free will, I receive you, and I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Awesome. Now, if you gave your heart to Jesus and rededicated your life, would you do me a favor? If you're in this room, if you could do it now online, if you're on your phone, do it as soon as it go off. But could you text God, God to 54244? When you do that, it's going to let us know that you gave your heart to Jesus and rededicated your life. And we're going to send you a form that says made a decision, electronic. If you fill it out, send it back. Pastor Aish and I are going to send you a video message from us to you talking about what do you do now that you got born again? What do you do now that you rededicated your life? So do that right now. Online, if I'm on your phone, as soon as we go off, text Got God to 54. Can y'all put that on the screen? I don't know if you can. Got God to 54244. They'll try to get it up on the screen, and uh, that way we can connect with you. Could y'all make some noise for people getting saved, rededicating, man? That's wonderful. Lastly, if you're in the building, man, just keep an eye on the screen. I don't know if maybe they are having some difficulty. If not, just five, got God to 54244. If you're here and you haven't joined this church, you, man, we want you to make a decision about joining. We want This church will change your life. Is that true? Yes. This church will change your life. And so if you don't have a church home and you're looking for a church, we'd love you to consider joining this church. It's up on the screen about texting God. God. And so this upcoming Sunday is partnership class. To join this church, you got to go through one class hosted by me and Pastor Aisha for a couple hours. It used to be 16 weeks, years and years ago. You go through one class right after the second service. And so if you're in the building, you wanna join, or you wanna get questions answered to help you make a decision about joining, whether you can be here on Sunday or not, but if that's you and you wanna join or get those questions answered, hold your hand up right now, we'll tell you what to do. Hold your hand up right now, we'll tell you what to do, if that's you. All right, that's very good, that's what's up, that's what's up. Very good, very good, very good. So if you will, if you will, what do they text? Okay, text, they're, see, they're, now they're awesome. Text, if you'll do that on your phone, please text VIC partner. Can y'all bring that back up again? You can either use the QR code or whatever they had up there, VIC partner to 54244. And um, that way we know you wanna join and get questions answered. And if you can come to this Sunday's partnership class right after the second service, we would love for you to be a part of that with me and Pastor Aisha. Can y'all make noise for people doing that, man? That's great. All right, somebody shout, it's tithes and offering time. Now, if and only if you love giving to God, make some noise. Here at this church, if you don't know, this is a tithing church. We believe in giving God the first tenth of any increase that hits our hand, paycheck, fine money. Somebody gives us money, God gets the first tenth. It's his, it's not ours. So we give him the first tenth. Then we take the 90%, handle all of our responsibilities and put money where? 
for some in savings, what's left over is called your, your excess, and that is what you give offerings out of, is the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. Now, if you're here or you're watching, you have a church home, you hung out with us, but you got a paycheck, and you're like, I'm going to pay my tithe here at Victory tonight, please don't do that. Your tithe should go to your home church, not any other church. Sow an offering if you want to do that, but don't give us another church's tithe. Now, if you don't have a church home, you're looking for one, and you want to pay your tithe, by all means you can as long as you don't have a church home. Now, there's several ways to give in case you're new. You don't know one of those ways. We're going to tell you that real quick. You can always go online and give that way. Number two, for those watching, the address is on the screen. You can mail something in if you want to do that. Or if you live nearby, we have a drop box outside the executive wing. You can do that. While we're on it, for anybody in the building that's giving by cash or check, because we know some people don't give electronically, they give by cash or check. We want you to put in an envelope. So if you need an envelope for your giving tonight, hold your hand up, please. And one of the ushers will come and put an envelope in your hand. Can y'all make some noise for the ushers as they come? Because they are awesome. Now, for those that for those that have an envelope, please note we don't pass offering buckets. So the way to turn your envelope in is there's two bins on the back wall on your way out. Another way to give is our mobile app. If you'll text VICCC space app to 77977. You can give that way. You can text to give. You can simply text VICCC to 77977. Lastly, if you have an equip account, you can give that way. All right. When you're ready to give, hold up whatever you're giving with. If you just got an envelope in your writing, please take your time. Catch up to us later. At home, hold up something as well. Can you wave it before the Lord? Speak to your seed. Say, seed, I know you can hear me. Everything has ears. I'm talking to you. Go now. Get in the ground, increase, multiply, and harvest. I'm calling you in to the kingdom of God and my citizenship. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. All right, stand to your feet so we can go.